This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome. You're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio, coming to you each Wednesday live from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern and podcasts available. I am your host at Lawyer Liz, Elizabeth Wharton, an attorney with firm of Paul B. Smith, but this is not legal advice. If you need a lawyer, hire your own. Instead, each week on Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, we look at all the technology buzz surrounding drones, autonomous vehicles, the Internet of Things, and everything in between. And this week, I have a special show for you because we are coming to you live from glittery Las Vegas and the Information Security Conferences, also known as Hacker Summer Camp or InfoSec Summer Camp, kicked off the week with the Black Hat Security Conference, simultaneous with B-Sides Las Vegas, and later we'll be having DEF CON Conference. And as you can imagine, there is a lot of information security uh, IoT, Internet of Things, and all kinds of research coming out this week. So our guest is Tom Cross, one of the co-founders of Drawbridge Networks, one of the speakers later this week at one of the conferences. And Tom and I are going to talk a little bit about what we've seen coming out of the talks so far, what we're expecting to hear from other talks, their implications, and Generally, where we think things are going or what we have of interest. So with that, Tom, welcome to the show. And also, if I understand correctly, is this one of your first times hosting a a booth in the trade floor areas at a conference? How's that going? Well, well, it's uh, we just uh, the trade show floor just opened this morning, so uh, we're we're just getting started, but. um, you know, Drawbridge Networks is a startup company. Um, uh, a good friend of mine and I uh, founded um, about a year and a half ago, and um, you know, this is our first uh, trade show appearance. So uh, it's a big uh, moment for us as a as a new company to finally be out there and uh, um, you know, telling people about the technology we're building. So for us, it's an exciting moment. So thanks for for having me on the radio show. You know, I love talking about IoT and information security. So. Uh, it's great to uh, great to have the opportunity to talk about this stuff. Well, welcome. And you know, it, as a startup company coming to a hacker type or security focused conference, one question I have is, what kind of swag do you bring? I mean, you can't exactly bring a removable thumb drive as this, or you have to be careful what. Uh, toys and tools you bring because they have your name on it, and if it goes wrong, it goes horribly wrong. So first time at a show, what what went into your thought process there? What kind of swag are y'all giving out? Um, ironically, we are giving out uh, USB thumb drives, and they're red, and they actually say the word infected on them. Uh, and so uh, you can take one back to your office and, and hand it to a coworker, and they'll realize that, uh, you know, it has malware on it. And, uh, um, and so they can't really blame you if they put it in their machine and uh, uh, their machine gets infected. 
That has to be one of the most brilliant ideas. Uh, I'm actually just disappointed that I haven't made it by your booth to pick up one of those yet. But it it highlights a, one of the big security vulnerability issues, and that is the people aspect. I mean, I've seen several of the talks, especially at B-Sides, geared towards how do you, you can secure your car and the systems running your car. You can install seat belts. You can do everything, but the one thing you can't really control is that human factor. And how, what has piqued your interest on that aspect of the security talk so far? So there's a couple of interesting research projects that are being um, discussed here at Black Hat around that uh, topic. Um, there's one talk about spear phishing emails and, and how to get even people that are really well trained on not clicking on suspicious emails to click on the email that you're sending them and what factors lead to um, a successful spear phishing attack. With, um, and they, they've done a bunch of studies and so they have a lot of data supporting their uh, their views about that, um, and then there's another uh, talk uh, where they where they literally put malicious USB keys in a parking lot outside of a building uh, and and collected data on how many people picked them up and plugged them in, and so they've got uh, um, you know some uh, I guess quantitative answers to the assumptions that people make about. Uh, uh, you, uh, you, you know how vulnerable people are. You, you know, so we, we, in information so, security. And, and I have to say, let's uh, let's look a little bit about. I mean, you start talking about spear phishing, and in uh, those malicious emails, just so that everybody's on the same page, are those the kind of emails that you know? Are they targeted? Are they the Nigerian prince who is? There, I mean, they're a little more sophisticated these days, correct? Well, I, uh, th there's all kinds of different threat actors out there who launch different kinds of attacks at different levels of sophistication. When, when we talk about spear phishing, we're really concerned about um, um, we're, we're concerned in some cases about nation state threat actors uh, um, who are very sophisticated who craft emails that, um, you know, directly relate to you and your job and, um, you know, are very persuasive and may appear to come from someone that you work with. Um, in addition, uh, we see a lot of criminal groups um, targeting um, uh, particularly executives. Um, uh, executives in a large company may have access to corporate bank accounts and the like and may be able to transfer funds. And so we see criminals targeting them, trying to convince them that, um, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're a vendor trying to execute a purchase order or, um, uh, you know, they're, they're, um, there's some legitimate business reason for money to be transferred. And if they can convince someone with access to an account to do it, then, um, you know, they're in the money. So there's a great okay. deal of that kind of activity that happens. Well, and you've seen that even with uh, law firms and other very, as you said, sophisticated uh targeted victims where you receive an email that appears to be coming from you know your CFO or you know, your accounting department that says or even excuse me reverse it, it's coming from the pre company president saying I need this money transferred to an account uh, ASAP but they pick up the language of the executives I mean it's 
as if they've been in your system. I mean, is that some of the uh, talk talking points that you see there? Or, I mean, where are you seeing some of that? I mean, pretty much everyone is potentially targeted by these by these attacks. Um, so the the um, uh, so law firms. Are, so you've got to think about what it is that you are doing and and why the information that you have might be valuable to somebody. So if you're a law firm, um, uh, it may be that you have inside information about your clients and their business uh, practices, for example, um, that may be interesting to somebody who wants to get inside of a uh, negotiation, for, for um, perhaps. Um, and so, um, uh, you, you know, the, the, there can be some very valuable information there. And of course, law firms are, they're not technology businesses. And so th- they often, you know, don't have as sophisticated an IT practice as, um, you know, a, a more, more technically focused organizations. And so that's a struggle for them as well. Well, exactly. And so it's great to see that some of the talks, because the presentations at uh, Black Hat are geared more towards executives. They're not necessarily, and there there are some, and there is some focus on, you know, the outside, the C-suite, but you just raise them, and it's great to see that those are being brought up, but really fascinated, too, by the talk you mentioned later today with you know, someone finds keys in a parking lot, because you want to be helpful, right? I mean, you don't, you, you want to find out what's going on, and it's a reminder that uh, helpful doesn't secure your data. I mean, what are, what are your thoughts on that talk? What are you looking to see out of that? One? Tell us a little bit more about finding keys. <laughs> Well, well, to me, it's just um, the, the data that they collected by doing the research project helped validate the assumptions that people make about um, uh, that attack scenario. And so that, that's useful when having conversations with executives to say that this is, uh, you know, a real risk. Um, but, right, you want to be helpful and, and, and maybe find the owner of this USB key. But I, I think also you're just sort of like, oh, a free USB key. All right, fine. Um, uh, people are, you know, susceptible to their own self-interest. So, um, I, yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it's, it's useful for people to be aware of the different vectors that their computer may be infected. What are you bringing into your computer? When you click on an email or a link in an email, when you open an attachment to an email, you're bringing something into your computer. When you put a USB key in your computer, you're bringing something into your computer. Um, do you know what it is that you're bringing in? Do you know where it came from? Do you know what it's... Do you know whether or not it's clean, basically? And, and you, you know, where you get into trouble is, I don't know where this USB key came from, or I don't know this person who's sending me this email um, or I know this person, but the email seems funny. Like they wouldn't usually write that way. Something is wrong. But that sense of it's almost sort of a street smartness as you use the Internet um, can get you out of a lot of trouble. Um, and so it's really I think the most important thing is for people to just be uh, aware of, of those kinds of things. Well, and that, especially as we start getting into those, Issues where your home and devices, you bring a device to, you bring your work laptop or your cell phone, and clicking on your cell phone while uh, an email attachment or going to a web page or opening a picture that someone has texted you 
from your cell phone that's connected to your home network really endangers now not just one aspect. It's suddenly everything else that's connected to that network. So as we are about to jump into our first commercial break, I'd love to continue this aspect of the conversation. But you're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz and guest Tom Cross from Drawbridge Networks. And we're coming to you live from Las Vegas, DEF CON, B-Sides, and Black Hats on America's Web Radio. Come back after the break. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And welcome back. You're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz. I'm your host, Lawyer Liz, and we are coming to you from Vegas talking with Tom Cross from Drawbridge Network. Tom, welcome back. And so we were talking before the break a little bit about the, you know, the proximity base and trying to be helpful with the USB ports and devices you may find. Tom, 
tell us, can you fill us in on what's going on with that? Well, you, you reminded me of, of another talk that's happening here, uh, which, um, you, you know, has to do with uh, um, people who, uh, um, you know, you, you talked about bringing, I talked about bringing devices into your computer, and you talked about bringing devices into your home. And so, um, in addition to bringing devices into your home, um, you know, nowadays people are bringing other people into their homes. Uh, you, the, the, with the VBRO and, and Airbnb and the like, people are, like, letting uh, strangers rent their homes out uh, uh, for for a week at a time, and uh, uh, um, you, you know. So then, um, you, you know, someone is inside of your house, and they're behind your firewall, and they have access to all the electronics devices in your house for the period of time that they're they're renting your space, and so they have a tremendous amount of access to um, your electronic infrastructure. Even if your computer isn't there, um, it puts them in a position to be able to, you know, attack your computer very effectively. So there's a talk here at Black Hat where someone is going through a, a set of different attack scenarios based on that threat model where, uh, you know, uh, somebody is using Airbnb and, uh, you know, a malicious person is staying in their house and, um, you know, they, they essentially use that access to target their electronic devices. So that's what... Another interesting uh, concern. I mean, as our world becomes uh, more computerized and we embed computers into more things that we have, um, you know, computers have inherent security issues, and those security issues are going to continue multiplying. And, and, and uh, you know, trying to keep a lid on them is a very challenging problem. Well, and you raise a, a good point as well with the, you know, inviting someone into your house. I mean, not even... Airbnb or the vacation rental by owner, but having someone come over for dinner and, you know, or watch the football game and ask to, hey, can I connect to your wireless network that that invitation, if they haven't practiced good security or if they're acting maliciously, you're now permitting them, as you said, behind the firewall. I mean, that we'll have to see what all gets released during this talk later today, but that raises a very scary scenario. I mean, I trust my friends, but at the same time, I know a lot of information security researchers. I don't need to be a, a test subject, an un, unwitting and unknowing test subject in their latest research. I mean, you would never do such things, right, Tom? I mean, um, so I, actually, I have a USB key that I want to give you after the the, sh the show's over. But it's it's totally there's nothing wrong with it at all. It's just a it's it's a normal USB key. Um, no, I, so you, you, that's an interesting point that, that somebody who does not practice good Internet security hygiene and has, you know, maybe an infected laptop might bring their infected laptop into your network and, um, uh, um, you know, that infection could spread from them to you. So, uh, um, you know, you, you got to practice safe Internet. Um, the, uh, uh, some of the wireless access points have a feature that allows you to create a specific guest network. Um, for guests to use in your house that um, that is separated from your normal internal network and doesn't have access to it. So that's a, that's one thing that you can do to um, architect your home network in a way that's um, you, you know designed to accommodate guests but doesn't expose you to whatever's going on with their computers. Well, and that's something that uh, Rob Graham and uh, with Drew Porter from a previous show had mentioned is setting up that 
guest network. So a reminder to anyone who maybe hasn't done that yet, it shouldn't be that complicated. You could walk yourself through it, but sectioning off and creating those separate silos, those are your boxes of who has access, whether your complete access is in one box and then in a separate box, so to speak, would be your your guests that are using or other devices so that an insecure or unsecure network created through your refrigerator, your smart refrigerator or your smart TV Perhaps you don't want that network access the same as your how you're connecting with your work laptop or information that you're using on your cell phone that's connecting to your home Wi-Fi. It's really sectioning those off. Well, it, talking about all these connected devices it makes me also think, Tom, you're giving a talk uh, later today, and of course, if anyone's catching the podcast, your talk will have already existed. But you're looking at smart cities. And what do you mean by, I mean, is this the what's happening where everything is connected, creating this smart city from traffic lights to your home? I mean, tell us a little bit about that. So we're, we're seeing um, computers get embedded into more and more uh, things, um, and particularly within the urban environment, we're seeing, you know, traffic lights that, um, you know, have wireless uh, communications with sensors that are embedded into the road to determine whether or not cars are present. And, um, you know, uh, the, the actual street lights themselves can be connected to a computer network and uh, um, remotely controlled um, you know, cameras are being deployed within cities that have wireless protocols. And, um, you, uh, you, you know, a lot of this infrastructure um, is enabling cities to be more efficient, more energy efficient, for example, because they can have more precise control over, you know, when streetlights are being used. Um, uh, you, you know, they, they, um, the, the traffic lights work better um, and uh, the traffic flows are better. Um, uh, your municipal uh, services are, are more efficient because they're able to, um, uh, you, you know, have more precise data about when things are needed. So, you know, in a city, you, you might have an event going on in the city, like a conference that causes a, a surge in people in a particular area. And as a consequence, you need more um, services delivered to that area. And uh, you can you can adapt more readily to those situations if you have good data sources. So um, there's a lot of promise associated with um, you know, smart cities technology to potentially make our our, um, our, our cities more efficient and uh, um, uh, you, you know more user friendly. Um, you know, for example, a cool thing might be to be able to if you're driving around in a big city to, to have your smartphone know where an available uh, parallel parking space is instead of having to drive around and look for one. That would be uh, that would be a great thing. But um, you know, like I said before, whenever we bring um, a bunch of new technology into um, uh, whenever we computerize things, computers have inherent security issues associated with them. And so um, all of these uh, smart cities infrastructures, um, you know, are potentially vulnerable to attack. Um, and so this panel discussion that I'm on this afternoon, um, uh, one of the panelists is a guy named Cesar Caruto, um, who's done a lot of great research in this area. Um, and he uh, uh, demonstrated, for example, that he can uh, control 
uh, he can manipulate traffic lights in, uh, in uh, um, uh, you know, he, he, dem- he demonstrated this in Washington, D.C., um, that they're, they're communicating wirelessly with, uh, with these sensors in the road, and, and he was able to, to transmit the same messages that the sensors transmit and get the light to think the car was present and change the lights. Um, and so you're not supposed to be able to do it that. <laughs> so what you're really saying is uh, he needs to be a good friend of some of us, but not all of us, because uh, help our help our commute sync up, perhaps, or uh, you know, it, it, with the concept of being able to sense when the car is there, but not because right now there's some of that technology is deployed, but it's not as uh, consistent or it's not able to give that real-time feedback. So it sounds like with his research, it's that real-time, you know exactly when the cars are coming at you from the, the traffic with a concert or if folks in Atlanta know we're concerned about the relocation of the Braves Stadium and that game time, you know traffic's coming out. If it's a bad game, being able to reset the traffic to adjust for, oh, people are going to start leaving early, so get ready. I mean, it sounds like that would be very helpful to have that real-time feedback, Uh, but being able to manipulate it could call it tra- causing a traffic jam. I think I've seen this in some of the movies. Isn't that how the bad guys uh, plan their getaway? <laughs> Absolutely, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, what, what we do today when you have a traffic surge is we send police officers out to direct traffic in the street. And, um, uh, you know, it's, it, that's a very inefficient process in comparison with actually having um, sensors and all the traffic lights that are all tied into a centralized network. And so you can see all of the, the traffic activity in the city and, and what the flows look like. And you can make adaptive decisions about operating the lights in order to make traffic flow more efficiently and, and handle that traffic surge um, so it's, it's uh, you know, automatically. So um, uh, that gives you, like, the instantaneous ability to respond to an unexpected surge in traffic. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, if, uh, you, you know, the, sure, there are lots of movies that, that show, you know, that once, once the guys, uh, you know, get, get away from the bank with the money, um, they hack into the traffic light system and, like, Turn on a light screen in order to create some traffic accidents, or you know, you know, even um, uh, you know, just to create a diversion so that like law enforcement is focused on that problem and not like chasing them down. Um, so um, you know, that's a typical scenario. Um, part of my research in this area has to do with um, trying to uh, put pieces together. So you, you know, manipulating traffic lights, you're not supposed to be able to do that. It's somewhat interesting, but you know, ultimately, it's, in and of itself, it's not the end of the world if you can make a light change faster. Um, so how do you get to, but is it, like, how significant is that concern, basically? Um, and some of my research involves mm-hmm. looking intersectionally at different vulnerabilities in different infrastructures and how um, uh, an attacker could uh, combine attacks against different pieces of infrastructure in order to create a much more significant incident um, that has more widespread okay. consequences. So essentially, and as we jump to the commercial break, you are getting your research is able to focus on how to 
how the bad guys are getting in. And so if we're going to be planning a heist, you're the person we need to get on board. Uh, again, you're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz and on America's Web Radio, and we'll pick back up with that after the commercial break. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren. On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. Buzz off with Lawyer Liz. Join me each week, Wednesdays at 2 o'clock, as we talk drones, Internet of Things, and technology. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And welcome back. You're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio, coming to you each Wednesday from 2 to 3 Eastern and podcasts available on americaswebradio.com, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes. I'm your host, Elizabeth Wharton, Lawyer Liz, and today we are coming to you live from Las Vegas, Black Hat, DEF CON, B-Sides, Las Vegas, Information Security Conferences, and we're talking with Tom Cross from Drawbridge Networks about some of the talks that we're seeing come out of the conferences this week, and as well as Tom's presentation a little bit later today on Wednesday, but Tom, you were talking about what, you know, how cities and how these devices can integrate security and where the actual vulnerabilities are, and so what do we have to do to get you on our bank robbery crew? I mean, I'm thinking it has to be a pretty sweet officer or office offer to get you to not turn us in. 
Well, I'm, Liz, I'm involved with this, uh, you know, startup company now, so I'm gainfully employed, and uh, um, you, you know, so yeah, it, it would have to be uh, the the uh, you know the, the one-time opportunity. Um. One one shot, and that's it. Well, in some of the talks that the big talk that we were waiting to see in a couple of years past had been on horror vulnerabilities with being able to access braking systems and radios. But the talks this year, I know, have focused on that. Prior ones looked at Tesla's. I think the Jeep Cherokee was back in the spotlight. But what are you seeing from those that really we should be worried about or even just following from our own perspective? Well, it's it, right now what's important is making sure that the automobile manufacturers understand these issues. Um, and we're, you, you know, the, we go through this process um, where the computer security research community educates organizations about how to deal with information security. And, and there's almost a, there's a process that people go through that I think is similar to the five stages of grief in dealing with this. They just, they don't want to deal with it. And so their first uh, reaction is to, is to, it's to be in denial about it. And then, um, eventually they, they get, they sort of start shooting the messenger. They get angry. Um, and then, um, uh, you, you know, they can become depressed and, and you have to work through that process with them before, um, you know, eventually you get to acceptance and they're, they're um, you know, dealing with, with security issues in a responsible way. And I, I think we're, we're, we're trying to work with the, um, I, I think one thing that's changed, so this, this conference, um, you know, started over, uh, you know, 20 years ago. And at that time, um, the, the, you know, computer security researchers were, um, you know, largely maligned by, uh, you know, the, the establishment business interest. There was no relationship there. The government uh, was very hostile uh, to, to what security researchers do. Um, and I think over time that dialogue has improved dramatically. Um, and I, I uh, you, you know, there is, there is a, a dialogue that the Department of Commerce has been facilitating between um, uh, automobile manufacturers and people in the security research community to figure out how, going forward, you know, how vulnerabilities in cars can be disclosed, can be dealt with responsibly and fixed um, uh, in a way that minimizes harm. And so it's great to see industry hackers and the government all sitting at the table together, working together to come up with a process that, that um, serves everyone's best interest. And um, it's, it's a, getting to that point has been a long, a long ride. Well, that's something, especially with B-Sides Las Vegas, one of the conferences, they have an entire talk track that is focused on getting the device manufacturers, be it the healthcare, the medical devices, to the cars. And certainly Black Hat has been instrumental in bringing these issues to the forefront with the research projects, but that dialogue that, I mean, even within the, the national security picture, opening up those invitations to where you have commi- commissioners from the Federal Trade Commission, the uh, Federal Communications Commission, and even national security advisors coming in and having those talks, do you think it's helped, I mean, you said we've been working at this as an 
information security industry for 20 years. Where do you think we are within the five stages of grief, so to speak, with with that uh, this year? Well, I mean, I think each one of these industries has to go through that process, and they all go through it on their own timetable. So we've gotten to the point where, say, the, the software industry is very responsive. Um, uh, you, you know, you, you've got new patches available on a regular basis for the main software that you want on your computer. They, the, all those companies work very well with security researchers. They publish advisories. Um, there's a really well understood process for um, coordinated vulnerability disclosure with them. But all these all these um, companies that build infrastructure components that are becoming computerized, they don't have any experience with this. They don't have the right processes, and and they have to go through this learning. Um, uh, process. So, you know, we've, we've made a lot of progress over the past couple of years with the automobile manufacturers. Um, we, we all have also made some significant progress with uh, the medical device community, and um, the, uh, the the Food and Drug Administration has done some good work in this area, made some good recommendations. Um, one of the issues originally was that people would argue that that um, the fact that a device had been approved by the FDA meant that it couldn't be changed, and so if there was a security issue in it, um, um, manufacturers would argue that they couldn't fix the security issue uh, without invalidating their, their approval by the FDA. And the FDA has made it clear that that's not the case and that they can, in fact, uh, fix security issues in their products without invalidating their, their regulatory approval for, 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 sale, for selling that product. And that's hugely important because we need to be able to react quickly to security issues in the field and not sort of be bogged down by having to go through a, a long regulatory approval process every single time we fix a security problem. Well, and it, when talking about the federal and the FDA and absolutely spot on with uh, kudos to them because, I mean, even uh, some of the uh, administrators with the FDA have participated as well. And are you seeing this? Because there's been a push recently from the state level of getting some of the research done, and that's certainly something that, I've been working on uh, when I'm not on Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz it, through my practice. But how do we how do we cr- take this message to you know, to the state legislators and getting them involved where they need to be because they're the ones who, in large part, are working or the George. I'm thinking of the George Power Southern Company. These companies that are coming in and across, so it's not the federal level, but they're the ones building the bridges and integrating the smart cities. How do we get them to the table and educate them? Well, I, I think we got a, a big challenge there because, um, you, you know, the problem is that the Internet connects everyone to everyone else. And so if you're a, a fairly large city, um, you know, you have a lot of resources, you've got a lot of people, um, you know, it, it's possible for you to to, um, uh, to have good information security professionals that work with you to help you build, archi- architect these things in the right way. Um, but, you know, um, as municipalities that are kind of uh, smaller, um, 
they do a more remote, um, you know, don't have the same resources, they don't have the, the same access to talented people, um, but they, they are just as exposed. So you'll see, um, you know, groups in the Middle East that are trying to make a statement and they're trying to hack into websites and, and deface them. And they'll target, you know, websites of, uh, you know, small um, municipalities. Um, uh, and, and, you know, so, so somebody from the other side of the world can now reach into your small town and, and do something to the infrastructure that you have for your small town. And so, um, you know, you, you've got global problems and you've got local resources and that's a, that's a difficult combination. So what, what I really think is important is at the state level is for states to be looking at um, all of the local governments in their in their uh, um, in their in, in their jurisdiction, and making sure that those local governments have access to the resources that they, they need. And I think I think what states can do is is get talented people and knowledge about how to do security properly, and 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 help um, the local governments uh, uh, function effectively by providing assistance on these issues. Because um, the fact is that local governments are not going to be able to to uh, to do that on their own. It's overwhelming, and when you think that large corporations have problem scaling and getting you know, addressing these issues, to then trickle it down to local governments and counties that are already stretched for resources and services that, again, Tom, I completely agree with that. That's why it's educating and doing what we can so that the companies that are bringing these products have some level of discussion and counsel. And before we jump into the next break a little bit, I've had my eye on some of the drone talks, of course, coming up. So we're seeing, we've talked about the, because the war, war driving before, but uh, in the smart cities, especially cer- certainly yours, but with the cars and everything, the fact that the Tesla is running the same firmware on the Tesla and the drone. I mean, have you seen an increase on in the drone talks that focus in the years or this year over prior years? I, well, I, I, I don't know, um, but I think there's only one uh, drone talk this year, so that might not be an increase, but it's interesting. They're talking about, um, uh, so uh, they're, use, they're talking about the use of drones as a way to get access to computer networks. So we've, we've got sort of some kinds of wireless networks, such as Bluetooth and, and uh, Wi-Fi networks that only transmit it over a certain physical area, and people sometimes make the assumption that because um, uh, you, they're in a remote place, uh, that people can't get access to their network. And, um, uh, you know, using a drone, I can potentially get in to where that network is and get access to it um, and then relay uh, the communications over the cellular network to my, um, you know, my, my machine. And um, it's, a, it's an interesting factor that could be used to attack networks. So that's kind of a cool talk this year. Well, and, of course, there's going to be a fantastic talk uh, about researching with drones and other aircraft. So shameless plug, uh, if anyone's listening live, to head over to the DEF CON IoT Village and catch none other than Lawyer Liz talking about what the regulatory hiccup, but admittedly, not too long after my talk, there's going to be a presentation on how to break into the RF, the radio frequency communications of some of the more popular 
drone aircraft. So, Tom, you, you raise a good point in that they're not the same traditional uh, talks of, oh, we can hack into a drone and take it over. It's recognizing that the drone aircraft are so much more than just a under 55-pound, in some case, very tiny uh, weapon. That They're a weapon of so many different uh, platforms. So would love to hear your thoughts on how that may even bring into the smart city approach. But you're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. We'll jump to commercials and come join us right after. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. I'm your host, Elizabeth Wharton, at Lawyer Liz. And while an attorney with Halby Smith, I am not your attorney. Instead, this show is... And particularly today, we are talking with Tom Cross from Drawbridge Networks, but this is more a conversation, a look at all the buzz in the world of IoT, coming to you each Wednesday and podcasts available. And today, we are in Las Vegas for the Black Hat DEF CON B-Size Las Vegas talks, and they're, the drone hacking we were talking about a little bit before the break, it's it's grown up. I mean, the talks in prior years focused on using drone aircraft to uh, gather information or used as a weapon themselves because of add-ons. They weren't necessarily all focused on breaking into the systems and 
adding the software, but from the war driving talk this year, they don't have to use a jailbroken cell phone as the payload. If if I if I read the notes correctly, I mean, Tom, I don't know if you had a chance to see the talk or if it's coming out this afternoon, but it's really recognizing that the systems aren't secure. How do we deal with that aspect? Uh, and especially playing into smart cities, Tom, where do you see that research going? So well, one of the things that, so I, I uh, misspoke earlier because I said there was only one drone clock, and there's actually a bunch of them. And so one of the things about Hacker Summer Camp and why we call it Hacker Summer Camp is because there's so many events going on here. And so I was thinking specifically about Black Hat, which is in the <laughs> conference that we're at. But in addition, there's DEF CON, there's B-Sides. There's, I'm, I'm, this afternoon I'm speaking at IO Active's IOASIS, which is sort of a mini conference. So there's, there's all kinds of things going on this week in Las Vegas that have to do with information security. And so, um, you know, it's hard to keep track of it all. The, um, uh, you know, I, I, I think, uh, again, like people are really, uh, you know, uh, people in this community are really excited about playing with technology and drones are a new technology that's excited, exciting to play with and to see what you can do. So um, I'm sure you've seen, you know, people uh, um, talking about using drones to uh, sort of cheat at Pokemon Go because uh, there might be a Pokemon that's like in some place that you can't physically get to uh, and so you can you can um, you know hook your phone up to your drone and fly your drone out to that location and get that Pokemon um, and so it's, I, I kind of think that like this clock at, 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 uh, at Black Hat is similar to that but I'm not trying to get a Pokemon I'm trying to get into somebody's Bluetooth network and so I, I you know and, and particularly um, the other thing that with drones is um, um, you can do you, you know over time we'll be able to do more with smaller and smaller packages. So you, you get more and more sophisticated drones in a smaller form factor, and they can be used inside. And so that creates interesting um, issues where um, uh, you can potentially bypass uh, people's assumptions about physical security um, because you have a little tiny drone that can fly inside, that can fly into a, a room um, that couldn't be physically accessed by a person, but this little drone can get there um, and potentially access networks within it. So um, those are, you know, uh, some of the some of the things that um, uh, um, you know are going to come up as as um, as this stuff develops. Well, and you. When we're talking about the drones, I mean, you've seen uh, the FAA has recently been shining a spotlight on their focus with some of the drone detection companies, and that was topic of a prior show, is looking at what, what you need that information to gather. I haven't seen as many of those kinds of direct talks and presentations because, and of course, jamming Unless you're the government, you're not permitted to jam the RF, the radio frequencies or the signals for the drone. Are we going to see more talks or more research looking at other ways to keep them away from or out of your network now that they're smaller, stronger, faster, lighter, you know, all of that? So I think a lot of these um, uh, th these standards are being developed on a let's keep honest people honest basis. So um, there are no fly zones that you don't want to fly your drone in, and um, yeah, you know that you you have software in your drone that knows about them and respects them. Um, but uh, you can obviously modify the software in your drone to disrespect them if you want to. Um, uh, you, you know, if, if so, I, I don't. I haven't investigated drone detection technology, um, but if if it's based on beaconing from the drone, where the drone is 
is supposed to behave in a predictable way, um, then obviously, uh, even if, you know, most off-the-shelf drones are doing that, the people will be able to build drones that, that don't. And so, um, you know, it almost, uh, you, you know, you, you might end up needing to have uh, simple radar systems, which are far less expensive than they used to be, um, you know, to detect drones, um, you, you know, physically instead of, looking for specific electromagnetic emanations, which may or may not be there. So, um, you know, there's probably, like, as some of these systems get deployed, there may be a lot of issues where people build a honest people honest kind of system for detecting drones um, and they and then they get very comfortable with it and they they forget that um, that, that someone who isn't playing by the rules um, you know is not going to be detectable well is that that's part of the fun of uh, infosec summer camp and hacker summer camp is not necessarily for malicious purposes but researching and figuring out the why and just because, that if you have a system, a device, a technology in front of you, let's take it for a test drive. Let's figure out what it can do and what it can't do. And what if I change this, flip this switch, and kind of the because it's in front of you, let's break it, remake it, and you know, work within that. And certainly I'm seeing more of that because with the drone detection, they are. They're the current systems are really just telling you either through the radar, the uh, acoustic, and the radio frequency that we've detected it, but it's that next step. And those are the ones where I'm waiting to see, okay, how do we reach that next step? How do we figure out what that aircraft was doing in our airspace? And how do you defend it from if you're defending or, you know, how do you combat that side that, okay, we've, we've been able to tell where it is. Uh, and in smart cities, too, it's how do we strengthen those systems? And where, Tom, where do you see your research going next into the smart city aspect? So, well, one of the, um, well, I don't know if I'm going to do this, but one of the ideas that I had with respect to the traffic light control systems that I was talking about before is that it would be interesting to build that uh, capability into a drone um, that's uh, tied to my car so that when I'm driving down the road, I can send the drone out ahead of me to change the traffic light so that I always get a green light as I, as I drive down the road. Um, it, it will transmit to the traffic light system um, the indicator that the, the weight sensor has triggered um, and a car is waiting for the light to change, even though I haven't gotten there yet. Uh, so, um, you know, there's definitely ways to uh, sort of mix these two subjects together uh, in, in, uh, in uh, you know, in interesting ways. I, I think the point that you just brought up about being able to investigate after the fact what a drone was doing is interesting. So that speaks to the idea of having audit trails. In, in uh, network security, we've spent a lot of time thinking about audit trails, logs. We need to collect logs, um, and um, you know we build technology that logs things that are happening on the network. Drawbridge Networks builds a product that helps um, uh, you know provide you with visibility into what's going on in your network and logs of what's going on in your network, so that you can go back after the fact and find out what computers were doing and see whether or not they're infected. And so um, you know it may be that that in a, you know more so than like just a real time radar picture that we want. 
but, you know, historical records of, you know, what was in the airspace over a period of time so that, that if something bad happens, you can go back and, and, and review that information. Uh, and so um, you may start, so the, I mean, there's probably a, an interesting product space there potentially where people, um, you, you, you know, could bring the market systems for, uh, for, for not just detecting drones, but, but uh, uh, maintaining audit trails for forensic investigative purposes. No, and that that has kind of been when I've seen the detection systems. My question was, so okay, so what if a you know a child has inadvertently flown their drone into your airspace? Okay, there there was no malicious intent, but having that knowledge of either in the real time, okay, the packets that they're sending are. You know, the, having the SDR, the software definable radio, having that component incorporated in, but I mean, you're taking it that next step further, that audit trail. So, okay, we knew they were there. We knew they got some information or they did something. Having those logs will be, and having that next step is very important, it sounds like. So kudos to anyone who's researching that and if they you know, have ideas, would love to see them, of course, highlighted and tested out at perhaps next year's Black Hat and DEF CON and B-Side. So, Tom, real quick, thank you again for joining us. It's always a pleasure. Uh, if folks want to find the Drawbridge uh, website, uh, where would they go to find out more about what y'all are doing in this space? Oh, so um, we're at uh, drawbridge.io, so www.drawbridge.io. Um, there's a bunch of information up there about our product. Um, you can, I think it says learn more about Path Protect in the middle of the webpage. If you click on it, there's a five-minute video that explains our technology and, and uh, what it's good for. So, um, you know, that's not uh, too much time. Um, and, uh, um, you know, uh, if you find it interesting, um, uh, you know, we'd, we'd love to, uh, to talk to you about how we can help you protect your network. No, well, thank you. And so hopefully you will come back. And uh, Tom, always, like I said, always a pleasure. And join us for a future show. And this is Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz and your host, Lawyer Liz, at Lawyer Liz on Twitter. Find us on AmericasWebRadio.com. Find out more about me and my practice and shoot me uh, ideas for future shows. PaulBoothSmith.com, as well as, as I said, uh, follow at Lawyer Liz on Twitter. But thank you for listening in and hope to have you join us next time as we look at all the buzz surrounding driverless cars, Internet of Things, and drones. Signing off for today. Thanks again. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.